0: Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Susan Schaffer. Susan is the president of an educational nonprofit that promotes and provides resources for parents, community members, and educators in the Mid Atlantic region. She's also the co author of How to Connect with Your iTeen A Parenting Roadmap for the Digital Age. Hi, Susan. Welcome to Family Confidential.
1: Hi, Annie. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Thank you so much for making the time. I have to tell you that I love the book that you wrote, How to Connect with Your I-Teen. Um, I have been connected with teens via the internet for the last 18 years answering email. And so, so much of what you talk about is just spot on. And I'm really going to jump right into this conversation because I know a lot of parents feel disconnected from their teens because their parents, their the kids always seem to have their heads down and they're texting they're on social media and so it's really really hard for parents so I would love to start off with this this definition for you about the word boundaries because I hear an awful lot about spyware and I hear about parents who read their kids' texts And I go like, whoa, you're trying to teach trust and respect? This doesn't feel like the way to do it. So what do you say about boundaries in this age?
1: Boundaries are hard. Um, They're hard at any age. And I think that you really have to consider the age that your child is in. Uh, It's really important that you model good boundaries and that you show the kind of respect that you expect from your teens. Um, And I know it's hard for parents because so much of their life feels like a secret, um, and they don't know how to access that secret. Hmm. But, But it's really important to be clear, to be intentional about what those boundaries are. But again, to also adapt depending on the age
0: of the child. So can you give me just a quick example of a parent modeling good boundaries? What would that look like? So... As a parent, if you wanted to be a
1: friend on Facebook, for example, Mm -hmm. I would not do that in secret. I would talk to your child about it and ask your child whether or not they're comfortable with it, if they're not and why, Mm -hmm. Um, and explain why you're monitoring them, why you want to see what's on their Facebook, because this group of parents is really about keeping their kids safe, Um, and this group of teenagers is really about keeping things safe they think that are private, that are really not so private. Um, So I I think it's important to talk to your kids, to communicate with them. And again, that has to start early. That doesn't just start when they're teenagers. That starts when they're young. So your children really get used to you asking those kinds of really honest questions.
0: Now, I find that a lot of parents just, um, they go overboard. They're so fearful of everything they hear about stuff that goes on online between between teens and their peers, between teens and um, people who are posing as teens who really aren't, um, they're parenting from a lot of fear. And so I wonder how we can help parents today, right now in this moment, to kind of relax a little bit and do their job, but not overdo it so that kids, as you say, they're really good at at keeping secrets and Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to drive them underground.
1: Yeah, the way that, we, that Linda Gordon and I, who's the co-author of the book, describe this situation is that you have to look at um, the digital part of their world, the social media part of their world, as like a virtual playground, so that you look at it in the way that you would um, engage or analyze when the kids were young and before you took them to a play yard to make sure that it's safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that you explain that. Again, to your child, to your teenager, that you're not so interested in the details of their life as much as you are about making sure that they're smart consumers, Mm -hmm. that they know and learn how to protect themselves and that they're comfortable coming to you if they have any issues.
0: Now, this is really great. I love that you're saying smart consumers. And um, there's something that I picked up in your book that I really appreciated that the definition of setting boundaries had to do with knowing what you are willing and unwilling to put up with in terms Mm -hmm. of the behavior of other people. So when I think about the word consumers, um, maybe I think about um, content that's coming at me and I can decide, no, this is not appropriate. Um, this is, my mom would feel okay about me looking at this, this other stuff I don't feel comfortable with. So probably not so much, but the part that I hear a lot about from the emails that I get is not so much, um, corporate messaging or inappropriate content from some other source that's far away from me, more from my own peers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it comes in in the form of rumors, um, nasty comments, put downs, that kind of thing. So, um, how does this model work in terms of that? Like on the playground, you might say, you might want to stay away from that child over there who seems to be very aggressive. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it works in the same way. I think mm-hmm. that as a parent, you have a responsibility to talk to your kids about the advantages and disadvantages of social media. And that you have to drum into them that nothing is private. They think that they can erase something, but they really can't. It's that footprint is there forever. So again, you want to say to them: Is what you're putting on Instagram or what you're texting over the weekend? Do you really want the entire school to know about that on Monday? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to? Do you want that ad? to be in the Saturday paper so that your grandparents see it, (laughs) Um, you know, just to give them a context that you may think that you're just telling one person, but it has the capability of telling everybody. Oh, but mom, she promised she she wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah, and (laughs) that goes well. Um, And, you know... The thing that's so hard for this generation, because they really are the digital natives, they, don't, they didn't grow up in a time without smartphones. So that's all they know. And we grew up at a time when you had more limits, but all information is 24-7. And so they do have to be somewhat on alert um, and make sure that whatever they're saying, that in fact if it gets out to other people, that they'd be
0: okay with that. Right. The thing that you're posting about this girl, would you say it to her face? And exactly. I think that's a
1: great question. It's I think a great that's, question. That's
0: a, that's a really good litmus test. Yes. Because I think sometimes, as you say, they think it's private and um, they find out that's not the case. But if they stop for just a second... Most of them would say, no, I'd never say that right to someone. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also the other thing that, that, you know, it's funny, I work with my staff on this as well, that with emails, there's no nuance. So whatever you're saying, you have to understand that people may not understand the context in which you're writing something because you're not fully explaining anything. So the way it comes across is much harsher, more direct than you may really intend it to be. Right.
0: right. Even more so with with texts, which tend to be small, shorter, are abbreviated in many ways. And let's talk about Twitter, where you're limited to 140 characters, including the spaces in between words. Exactly. Exactly. um, So, what I hear you say is that parents have a tremendous influence on their children, whether parents are as tech savvy as their kids are or not. The influence um, is is strong, and yet our kids, unlike us are exposed constantly to many influencers. Yes,
1: they are. And what Linda and I really try to tell parents is you may not get the satisfaction that you want. Your teenager is less likely to say, mom, that's a great point. I'm <laughs> sure going to follow you. But, but we promise you that those kinds of consistent messages, they do take in and they do listen. And what you think about your kid, what you say to them really does matter. But you just have to be satisfied with not having the satisfaction of them telling you that it does.
0: Yeah. And so it's like, are you giving to get or are you giving to give?
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and again, that's part of the responsibility of being a parent. You're not a friend, you're their parent. So that relationship is a very unique one. And you can't expect the same kind of reaction that that a peer would give to another peer.
0: Yes, that's a really good point. So let's talk about their connections with their peers. Let's talk about their good friends, not the ones that you wish they would spend less time connected to. (laughs) Um, This is the time in their lives when they need, I think, biologically to be bonded with their peer group. Because as I always, always say, um, they they know on a cellular level that their future mate is going to be found in their peer group, not in the living room with you. You hope not. We hope not. <laughs> we hope not yes, right. Yes. And so that need to connect is very real. And in the digital age, it's easier than ever to be connected literally 24 seven. So how do parents maintain this healthy, positive, influential connection with their teens and tweens? When, let's face it, our kids want to spend less and less time connected to us.
1: I think you make your home available so that kids like to come to your home um, and you meet their friends. And again, you're not going to like all of their friends, um, but you hope that if you have a welcoming environment and their friends like to be at your house, that will speak volumes uh to teens, it really does, uh, and I think that you know this is a a, a generation where many of them get friends online, mm-hmm. and for some teenagers who are looking for those kinds of friendships, particularly those uh, teenagers who are more non-traditional, it has really opened up. And I'm t- I know there's a negative side of it as well, but there's a positive side where it's opened up a whole landscape for them to be able to find people who are more like them. So I think that a lot of the, um, the ideas that we had around friendships early on do not work. Uh, so exactly with this generation because they can get friends from a variety of places. And I think it's, again, modeling those values. What do you value? What's important to you as a family? Uh, What kinds of activities do you do together? Uh, Do you provide opportunities for your children to really master some passion that they have? Um, Are you on them all the time so that they can't develop any of those skills, any of those likes and dislikes on their own? And just being there to guide them as they go through those
0: journeys, yeah, I think what I hear you saying is that be the kind of person they would like to hang out with if you're if you're too yes. judgmental and you're always on their case about something I mean i don 't know about you, but I wouldn 't want to hang out with someone like that <laughs> no you just like you
1: did when they were two, you have to pick your battles. what's mm-hmm. important to you as a family? I mean, is education really important to you so do you you know do you emphasize reading and literacy and providing a good space for them to do their homework? Are you interested in the work that they do? Um, are you engaged in their education at school? Um, is religion important to you? Do you practice that at home or do you just talk about it? Um, do you believe in doing good for others? I mean, is that something that you do as a family together? I think that um, what's, what's, what we see is children go from middle school to high school. If you talk to teenagers, it's a difficult time, but at least they're able to be with with other peers that have similar interests
0: and encourage those interests. Yeah. I think this is all wonderful, wonderful advice. I'm so glad I talked to you because, you know, when I when I first picked up your book and saw the, the title, How to Connect with Your IT and I thought, Oh, this is just only about internet stuff. But then when I read it, it seems to me to be a great guidebook for for parents. Just nurturing that relationship throughout, online and off, and and that it provides really great um, practical tips and a lot of heart for parents who are feeling like they're missing out because their kids the kids seem to be um, you know absent a lot when they're connected somewhere else. I, I think what you've done is is um, a really good job in providing parents with ideas and and tips as well as compassion and understanding for why this connection that the teens have with their peers is so important to them.
1: Thank you for that. I mean <laughs> what we tried to do was produce sort of a one-stop shop. Uh, parents are very busy and so we wanted to have a book that incorporated what we considered to be some of the major issues that parents and teens confront during those very turbulent, uh, very challenging years.
0: Well, you've done it really well. Um, We only have a couple of minutes now, Susan, and I'm wondering if you can give our viewers and listeners um, an actual place where they can go online to find out more about your work. We have a website,
1: um, parentingroadmaps.com, and you will find out not only about our books, um, you can also go on Amazon and get our books, but also um, some other pointers, some other Uh, good suggestions and strategies for uh, working and dealing and loving your teenagers. Because the one thing we always say is don't forget to enjoy them and have fun with them because the time goes very quickly.
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I know a lot of teens feel that their parents don't enjoy being with them. And so, um, you know, they kind of throw up their hands and say, well, I guess that's it between me and my parents. But Enjoyment, yeah. Enjoyment yeah. is a re- you know, find out, find out what, um, what your kids enjoy, and maybe part of the key is enjoying that with them. Mm-hmm. Good, enjoying and
1: laughing with them.
0: Oh yeah, lots of laughter for sure. Lots of laughs.
1: <laughs> You've got to laugh through this. Oh yeah,
0: really. Mm-hmm. You know what I always say is, no one is a teen forever. Thank goodness. Really? And no one is a parent of a teen forever. So thank keep it light. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thanks a lot, Susan. Have a good day.
1: My pleasure, Annie. Thank you. Bye.
0: This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with parents, teens, and tweens, visit anniefox.com, and check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People: Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century, and my new book for tween girls, The Girls Q and A Book on Friendship: 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And if you like this podcast, we ask that you review it on iTunes. It may be a little thing to you, but it means an awful lot to us. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Plant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next time when my guest will be Terry Corlan. We'll be talking about his new book, On the Road to Honesty, a great way to teach kids about why we shouldn't tell lies. Until next time... Happy Parenting.